Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading for this weekend is taken from a book that we don't consult that frequently in the course of the liturgical year. We're talking about the book of Sirach. In older versions of the Bible, Sirach was referred to as the book of Ecclesiasticus, not to be confused, by the way, with the book of Ecclesiastes. They call that now the book of Kohaleth. I guess I've now confused everybody. But the book of Sirach is the one we're reading from. It belongs, just to put it in its setting, to the collection of uh, what's called the wisdom literature. You know, the Bible is divided into the Old Testament, into the Torah, the first five books, the Pentateuch, so-called, and then we have the um, historical books going from, um, say, Joshua through Second Chronicles. You've got the prophetic books, so Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then all the minor prophets and so on. But then you also have this wisdom literature. These would be very literary poetic texts that are kind of reflecting on the meaning of Revelation. Think here of, of the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, the song of songs, etc. Well, the book of Sirach, belongs to this collection. It's presented as the sayings of Yeshua ben Sira, a wise Jewish elder. It's written probably sometime, they think, around the year 200 BC. Anyway, our uh, passage for today is taken from the 15th chapter of Sirach, and it has to do with the awful fact of our freedom. Now, I'll tell you later <laughs> why I use that word awful to describe freedom. But listen now to the commencement of our passage for today. If you choose, you can keep the commandments, and they will save you. Okay? If you choose, you can keep the commandments, and they will save you. You know, one reason it's, it's easier to be a, a little baby or a child is that you've got very little choice. <laughs> Think of a a child, everything in your life is pretty much decided for you by authority figures. When you are to sleep and wake up, when and what you are to eat, when you go to play, etc. Children are, are really completely under the law. To use the technical language, children are in a pretty heteronymous relationship to the law. So nomos is a Greek for law. Heteros means other, right? It's a law imposed upon you by another, by outside authority figures. Now, the process of growing out of childhood into adulthood, in many ways, is the story of your growth in the direction of autonomy. Autos, right, means like my own. So, autos nomos, my own law. Child is very heteronymous, and then we move toward greater and greater autonomy. Now look at, uh, I mean, why are the stories of, of like teenagers? 
are often so interesting to novelists and to filmmakers? Well, because it's the story of that transition from heteronomy to autonomy. And it's why teenagers often engage in a kind of ecstasy of autonomy, right? They're discovering their freedom, their capacity for real choice. And so what they often do is they break dramatically from their heteronymous past. A fancy way of saying they, they want to do what mom and dad don't want them to do, right? They, they run against their background. How come teenagers um, dye their hair purple and get tattoos and go for reckless car rides and hang out with disreputable people? Well, largely because those are things their parents told them not to do, right? So in this sort of ecstasy of autonomy, they're trying to find their freedom. They go to the other extreme. As I say, think of all the poems and films and, and stories that deal with this time of life because it's interesting. You know, it's dramatic. It's always kind of fascinating to see the, the awkward, dangerous birth of freedom in people's lives when autonomy first begins to express itself. Now, another little wrinkle here in the story is sometimes that lurch toward autonomy that happens when you're a teenager uh, continues. <laughs> These are people that never really leave their teenage years, even when they're in their 60s. They're, they're still in a kind of an act of, of rebellion, still doing kind of edgy and dangerous things. The permanent rebel and troublemaker and naysayer, you might say, is someone stuck in this teenage uh, autonomy. Other times, the once rebellious teenager overreacts and becomes a completely buttoned-down traditionalist, reverting, as it were, to his own childhood, right? Going back to the way of complete heteronomy. And some people, here I'm relying on, uh, on the Protestant theologian Paul Tillich, he talks about the dangerous oscillation between autonomy and heteronomy. You know, when someone who's really walked the path of autonomy and they've really gone a little bit crazy and they're burned by it, they can now revert to complete heteronomy. They become utterly under the, the uh, aegis of, of law and they, they want someone else to tell them what to do. So I've been describing kind of psychologically and spiritually these, these options in regard to law and freedom. Okay, so with all that in mind, let's go back to uh, Ben Sirach. If you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. He set before you fire and water. Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. Now, is there real freedom on display here? Yeah, yeah, of course. Choice is mentioned Several times. Sirach is not urging us to stay in the playpen of our childhood, if you want. He's not talking about the simple heteronymous imposition of the law. How wonderful, think of this for everybody, how often in the Old Testament God enters into covenants with his people. That is to say, agreements involving mutual obligation and free commitment. He's not 
imposing on them in a tyrannical way. Rather, he's inviting them into a compact, an agreement with him. The God of Israel is not interested in dealing with children or compelling his people to stay at the level of children. Okay, so freedom, absolutely. But at the same time, Sirach is clearly not talking about sheer teenage autonomy. Israel simply becoming a law unto itself. For what the Lord places before our freedom are his commandments. Let me say that again. The Lord places before our freedom his commandments, very definite laws that must be followed. So what gives? Sirach is proposing, and again, I'll use Paul Tillich's language, not sheer heteronomy, the the law that a child accepts, not sheer autonomy, what a teenager is into. Rather, what Sirach is proposing is what most of the biblical authors propose, namely theonomy. What do I mean? Neither pure autonomy, self-rule, or pure heteronomy, someone else just imposes on me, but rather that in my freedom, I allow God to become the law or nomos of my life. In freedom, I allow God to become the law of my life. I remember something I talk about a lot. And if you read books and articles of mine, you see it as a theme all the time. The true God does not compete with us. The true God, the God of love, has has our best interest at heart. God is is not self-interested. He can't be. God needs nothing from us. God's presence to the world is beautifully exemplified in the burning bush. God comes close to his creation and renders it beautiful and radiant without consuming it. Therefore what? In freely submitting to his law, we find ourselves most authentically. That's theonomy, the non-competitive God who wants us fully alive, freely accepted as the law of our life. And see, everybody, with that, we have the picture, I think, of the biblical saint. Not a child cowering in heteronomy. God isn't interested in that. That, that's, That's for kids. Nor a teenager in an ecstasy of autonomy. You know, again, I would say a lot of our culture is caught at that moment. You know, it's my life. It's my values. It's my truth. Don't tell me what to do. You see how much how adolescent a lot of that language sounds. That's a culture caught in in pure autonomy. Rather, the biblical saint is the mature man or woman who willingly takes on the gentle yoke of the Lord's law. The saint is someone who, through freedom, 
integrates God's demands into his life so deeply that they become his own. They become second nature to him. You know, I've spoken before to you about the way a baseball player takes the moves and demands of the game. Listen now, once imposed on him by a coach, I think when I was a little kid and, and coaches in a very heteronymous way, they made us do all sorts of things and go through certain exercises. They were imposing a law on us so that this law might be woven into our bones and muscles and minds, right? And so that finally I was able to play baseball with a sort of freedom and reckless abandon in my own style. You know, much the same thing happens when you're learning the, uh, the guitar or the piano or a musical instrument is something is imposed upon you heteronymously, but then it's woven so deeply into you, it becomes your own. You don't want a piano player to remain at the level of a little kid going through exercises, nor do you want him to be some crazy teenager just banging away on the piano according to his own desire. What you want is this theonomy, if you want. In our freedom, allowing God to become the law of our life. So, Sirach is telling us, choose in your freedom precisely what God demands. And you'll find your salvation. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.